0: We are going to go to the book of Samuel this morning, and I reckon that this is one of the most well-known stories of the Bible, apart from Jesus himself. So if you think you know what it is, it's in Samuel, it's a clue. Tell your neighbor what you think it is. You've heard that statement, right? If you know, you know. So tell your neighbor, and then we'll see if you're right later on. <laughs> All right, Um, before we get to that, how many of you have felt like the last couple of years have been some pretty big years? I feel like they have just knocked us around and left us a little bit battle-weary, some of us a little bit confused, maybe even discouraged, and for many of us, a little bit stuck. Uh, I think many people, we find ourselves stuck in disappointment, stuck in pain, stuck in loss, stuck in heartache, stuck in frustration, stuck in doubt, stuck in uncertainty, stuck in fear, stuck in debt. Uh, Just so many things have gone on, and we can find ourselves just a little bit stuck. I've certainly found that way myself. And what happens is when we find ourselves stuck, whatever we're stuck in, uh, that thing begins to talk to us. It becomes a voice in our head, and it begins to tell us a narrative that if we're not careful, we begin to believe, and we begin to follow. And it's constantly vying for our attention to try and bring us down. And let's face it, we live in a world that is full of voices. We get voices and opinions from every direction. I think more than ever before, you know, social media is just this massive platform of voices shouting at us, of opinions talking to us. We've got the news, we've got politics, we've got just who we work with, our co-workers, our family, our friends, even within the church, right? So many voices shouting and vying for our attention, telling us different messages, and it can be um, confusing. And frustrating, and then we've got internal voices, and these are the worst because they're the voices inside of our head. And as my mum always tells me, you know, when you've got something going on inside your head, you can't just chop it off, so you can't shut it out. It's like, how do you get rid of these voices that just won't leave you alone? And um, but I'm here to tell you that there is another voice, there is another way, and there is a pathway that we can take that is full of favor and full of blessing. And of course, that's the voice of God. And the voice of God is that voice that says to us, the path of the just gets brighter and brighter, that he has got good things for us, that better is ahead than behind, that we are more than conquerors. We're not the tail, we're actually the head. That's the voice that we want to be louder than any other voice, right? Um, But I think that fighting voices is a big part of life. It's certainly a big part of my life. In fact, I'm fighting voices just to stand here in front of you today. So before we get into our passage, let's pray, eh? Lord, I thank you that you are the voice above all voices, and we don't wanna hear my voice this morning, we wanna hear your voice, and I know that you have something to speak to each one of us, so I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come into this room? I pray that it would be a conversation just between us and you, it would be intimate and it would be real, and that you would speak and that you would touch us and that your voice would take over any voices that we need to get rid of in our lives this morning. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, did you work out what 1 Samuel was? It's 1 Samuel chapter 17. Shout it out. Surely someone knows. It is the story of David and Goliath. And if you have been in church for any length of time. You've heard this in kids' church, you've heard it preached, you've probably read it, uh, you hear it reenacted maybe. It is one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. Even the world knows about this story because it's an epic one, right? It's like underdog takes the win. So 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, I did think we could just read the whole passage, which is about like 50 odd verses. And if we did that, we could have an altar call and that would be us done. And I, I tossed it up, but I thought maybe Maybe we should not do that. We'll go a little bit deeper, right? Eh? So I just wanna read to you, verse 48 to 51. It says this. So it was when the Philistine, that's Goliath, arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the, the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran over to the Philistine, he took his sword, he drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled." I mean, it's an epic story, right? I feel like I am just reading it. And can you imagine being there? I mean, there must have been such tension in that place. The Philistines and the Israelites are all gathered, and as David goes out to meet this huge giant, they're probably holding their breath, thinking, what's going on? He slings that stone, and he, Goliath falls down. I reckon there was like this collective, collective gasp in the audience, and they're just watching, waiting. Is he gonna stay down? Is he gonna get back up? And then David chops off his head, and it's all over. And there must have been, just like a shout from the Israelites, like I reckon a roar from them, and then the Philistines are in absolute panic. And I reckon the atmosphere would have been absolutely electric. It is an epic battle. It is the tale of the underdog that beats the you know the champion of all champions. It's that you know greatest upturn in one-on-one combat. It's a fantastic story, and we love it. I love it. But there is a lot more to the story than just that battle. So I. want to go back to the beginning, and I want to look at the different voices that we see throughout the story, the different voices that David encounters and has to fight off. And so the very first voice, well, no, just a bit of background. Obviously, there's a war going on between the Philistines and the Israelites. It had been going on for 40 days. Morning and night, Goliath comes out, and he um, threatens the, the Israelites. And if the Israelites can get Goliath, if they can kill him, then the Philistines become their slaves. But of course, if Goliath kills the Israelites, they become his slaves. So this is all going on, and David is not at the battle. David is back home with his father looking after the sheep. Even though he's been anointed to be king by this stage, he's still at home with his dad. So the first voice that David hears is the voice of his father, and this is the voice of instruction. In verse 17 it says this, Then Jesse said to his son David, Take for your brothers, an Ephra of dried grain and these ten loaves, and run it down to your brothers at camp, and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousands, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. So David hears his dad's instructions, basically, hey, can you go down and be the errand boy and and find out what's going on? Because there's no live feed. There's no Insta update. Like He wants to know what's going down at that battlefield. So David, can you go and do this? And I love that David just, you know, he has a great attitude. As far as we know, he just hears his dad and he goes down and he does what he's told. And, you know, that ordinary, following faithfully the ordinary instructions turned into a real extraordinary day. And I want to say that for many of us, our life is in that place. It's in the very ordinary, mundane, day after day instructions that we have to follow. But in following faithfully, you know, every now and then there comes a moment in our lives where God takes that ordinary and He does something extraordinary as we are faithful. And so I wanna encourage us, let's keep on faithfully following those instructions that we have. So. David heads down to the battle, and when he arrives, he leaves the supplies with the supply keeper. He goes to join his brothers, and as he meets his brothers and starts talking to them, Goliath comes out with his usual taunt, and you know, who's gonna come against me, and you know, Everyone around him is seeing this giant that is incredibly big, so big he's impossible to defeat. But what does David see? He sees a giant so big he's impossible to miss. Such a different perspective, we've heard it before. And you know, I love that, David has the voice of faith He doesn't follow the voice of fear. And the voice of faith says, no, 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 this giant, I can take him down because I know my God and I know what he can do. Do we listen to the voice of faith or do we listen to the voice of fear? There's a lot of fear out there today. And you know, what do they say? You can listen to CNN, ABC, NBC, what was me like? But we don't wanna listen to those reporters. We wanna get another reporter. We wanna get a good report. And this is such an important point. I don't know if you've noticed, but I feel like the world's gone crazy. Like, it really is crazy out there. People are crazy, um, different, different ideas are crazy. I, honestly, even just, I don't know if um, Dad mentioned the story, but a couple of weeks ago we were shopping and um, I wanted to get a couple of things from Countdown on our way out. And we were in the queue, and there was this older guy behind us, and honestly, like, he was, he was so angry, and he just kept saying, like, he was like, I hate this place, I, I'm so angry right now, the queues are so long, I'm going to talk to the manager, and then it, like, got worse, and he started saying, there's going to be blood on the floor, I'm going to kill someone, and we were like, whoa, and then he, like, had this black umbrella, and he, like, sort of points it at Dad, and <laughs> we didn't know whether to duck or die from, we just stood there quietly, but, like, he was crazy, and I felt sorry for him, really. Because he just like he literally said the same thing over and over, but um, we kind of just stood there and, and did our thing, and we got out. We we were alive to tell the tale. But you never quite know nowadays. Like you know, that umbrella could have been some secret weapon, or I don't know. Like <laughs> you just don't know. I feel like the world has gone quite mad and um, you know, there's a lot of anger and a lot of frustration and yeah, it is crazy. But um, the point is we need to listen to a good report, uh, not a report of fear, but a report of faith. We need to listen to God's report and this honestly can be make or break in our lives. You'll remember the children of Israel, and they went from Egypt and they went into the wilderness. They were never intended for the wilderness. God's plan was to get them to the promised land. But in the middle of that, uh, Moses sends out the 12 spies. We know the story. Joshua and Caleb were two of them. They came back with a good report. The other 10 had a negative report. But unfortunately, those 10 spread that negative report to the camp and the whole camp believed them and started moaning and complaining and saying to Moses, why have you brought us here? We wanna go back to Egypt and God was so angry with them, and they lost their destiny because they believed a bad report. The 10 spies that had the bad report died of a plague, and all the rest of the children of Israel under um, over 20, none of them made it into the promised land apart from Joshua and Caleb. They all died in the wilderness simply because they listened to a bad report. It is so important, whose report we're listening to. Are we listening to the enemy? Are we listening to God? Are we listening to voices that are full of hope and faith or are we listening to fear and anxiety and doubt and negativity? We have to have the voice of faith and that's what David did. And... um. So, David, like Joshua and Caleb, he had a different report. He had that voice of faith. Everyone around him turned away from Goliath and, you know, started saying, Man, have you seen this giant? How are we ever going to possibly defeat him? And so, David starts talking to the men around him and he's like, well, what do you mean, you know? Who is this guy that dares come against the, the God of the armies of the living God, the the, the uh, people of Israel? And he, and he starts talking to the guys, and he's like, well, what happens if, if someone would take this giant down? And they start telling him, where well, they're like, well, actually, if you can kill that giant, you're gonna get the king's hot daughter. There's no taxes for the rest of your life. Like, it's a good deal. David's getting excited. He's thinking, this is kind of good. I'm in. But then he encounters another voice, and this is the voice of his brother, Eliab. This is the voice of offense. In verse 28, it says this, Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you've come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? And then he turned from him towards another and said the same thing, and the people answered him, the same as the first ones. So the third voice is the voice of offence. You know, it would have been so easy for David to get stuck at this time. He could have spent the next half an hour or an hour going at it with his brother and you know getting really sidetracked and really mad. It's so easy to get offended. We've all been there. We all know that this is a, a real strategy of the enemy. The enemy will come and try and take us out with offense. But God's already warned us, right? Offences must come. We know this. But it is really hard to uh you know push them aside. And I love how David did this. David, you know, he wasn't perfect. He still reacted. He's like, oh, what have I done now? You know. But then he did what we all need to do. He took the Taylor Swift Swift approach, I call it, and he shook it off. Say, shake it off. (laughs) He said, shake it off. He had to shake it off, and that's what we've gotta do. We've gotta shake off that voice of offence. He turned aside. He turned to someone else. He started talking to someone else, and he moved on. He didn't get stuck at the point of offence. And in this season, we've been through a lot. There's a lot of offence that has come up for many of us, it is not easy just to shake it off, but we do need to do that, we do need to go, God help me, help me to turn aside, help me to shake that voice off, help me to get some other voices and move forward, because it will rob us of our destiny, it will rob us of where we're supposed to go. It's not about the other people, it is about our lives, and it is about where God is wanting to take us, which is why he says, come on, you have gotta shake that voice off. And that's exactly what David did. The enemy will try and distract us from the real battle with the voice of offense or with other things, and we don't even get to our real battle if we get stuck at this point. So that's that's the third voice, the voice of offense. All right, the next voice, back to David. He listens to his father's voice of instruction. He hears a different sound when Goliath comes out, speaks the voice of faith, shakes off the voice of offense. And then he hears King Saul. And King Saul is the voice of only. Verse 33, And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. I like how the New Living Translation puts it. It's a bit better. It says, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war from his youth. There's no way and you're only. Have you heard those voices lately? There's no way you can do that. There's no way you're gonna succeed. There's no way you are called for, for that. There's no way you can possibly get through this mess that you find yourself in. You're only here because of your parents. You're only here because of a mistake. You're only limited to this level. You can't go any further. The voices of no way and only are loud and clear in many of our lives, and maybe you face them, but God has a different message for you today. He says, no, no, no. You are much more than only. You have got the one and only living within you, fighting for you, on your side. You're on the winning team. And that's what David did. When this voice of if only came against him, he said, no, 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 I've got the one and only. I know who the King of Kings is. I know what I'm called to. And I love David. He he um, he goes to King Saul and, and King Saul gives him this voice of no way and if only, and he starts reading his resume. He's like, well, did you know, back in the day, I pulled down a lion, I killed a bear. My God has done it before and he's gonna do it again. Come on, put me in coach, I'm ready. God's this and uh, he gives him a different report, and he reminds him of his past victories, and that's what we've got to do too. We have to remind ourselves and remind the devil, hey, no, 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 you can't say I'm only. You can't say no way. Did you remember when God did this for me? God got me through last time. He's gonna get me through again. What has God done in your life that you can remind yourself of, that you can remind the enemy of? He is the same God as He was back then. If He did it back then, He's gonna do it again, amen? God is one. Many battles for us, and He is not about to stop now. He has not brought us this far to let us drown in the, in the sea. No, 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 He's gonna take us all the way. And so we can remind the enemy, no, 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 no. You can't speak to me that way. And if that voice is going on in your head, maybe, I don't know what voice you've come with this morning, but the Holy Spirit wants to tell you that's not the voice of God. It is not accurate. You are not alone. God is with you. God is for you, you are more than a conqueror, you have got this, you're needed, you're wanted, you're accepted, you're forgiven, and God's got a plan. God's got so much more. Maybe you feel alone this morning, but you're not. We're with you, God's with you. We've gotta come against those voices. We really do have to come against those voices. So, in verse um, 38 and 39, those are the voices that David's come against, um, but it's a great story, so I want to finish it off. Verse 38 and 39, Saul gives David his armor to wear, and, um, but when David tried to walk, he said to Saul, I can't walk with these, for I haven't tested them. So he took them off. You know, for every voice that comes into our lives, we need to test it against the word of God. There's a lot of voices out there, and they sound real good, and they can be real convincing, and they can even come from really well-meaning people wanting to help us, but it's not always the path that God wants us to take. It's not always the voice that uh, we should take on board. And we really do need to test those voices against the word of God and make sure that they line up with what he says about us or what he's telling us to do or the direction that we should be going in. So David heads into the battle with nothing but a sling and five smooth stones. He's probably giving himself a bit of a hype talk, you know, man, I drop that line, I drop that bear, I'm gonna drop this giant and you know, whatever he might say. And we know the story. Goliath sees David, he starts laughing. He's like, Who are you that you'd come against me? you know, and he curses David and um but David says, and I love this, he's so unintimidated. He says, you come with me, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. He gives him a bit of trash talk. And then he runs straight for him, and he grabs that sling, and he puts that stone in, and he flings that stone, and he struck Goliath right in the forehead, and that giant comes crashing down. In 1 Samuel 17:51, it says, the rock stunned him and knocked him down. Sometimes uh, we can come to church and I feel like we come with our battles, we come with our Goliath, and we have a great time of worship, we have a great time of prayer, uh, we have a good word, and we come out and we've stunned our enemy and we've knocked him down, and we're feeling great, and we go home, and we have a good afternoon, and we go to bed, and then we wake up the next day, and that giant is standing up again, and he's right in front of us, and it's so annoying because I feel like we've, we've, we've knocked him down, but he wasn't killed, he was just stunned. He temporarily got down, but he got back up again. But I wanna say, God's calling us to finish the job off, um, and the way we do that is to keep on stunning him to keep on knocking him down. You know, no um, fighter can keep on getting knocked down forever. There comes a point where you cannot get back up again. And if we keep singing that stone, if we keep coming in faith, uh, week after week, day after day, we come with the word of God, we say, no, 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 devil, God said this. We come with worship, we lift our hands, we raise our voice, we sing those songs. We get faith in our spirit and we just keep coming against our Goliath, coming against whatever we're facing. We knock him down again and again and again, somewhere along the line, he will not get back up. We will win the battle. Your battle is just, uh, it's easy in the hands of God. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. And I wish we knew what time it would take before we had that knockout punch. We don't know. But as we keep going, eventually that giant will come down. Because no battle lasts forever. And unfortunately, it's not our last battle, but it's also not our last victory. There are more battles to fight, but there are more victories to be won. It is a, uh, it's just the way God works, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And the best part about the story is that David started off as the delivery boy in, ch- in the first chapter, but turns out David wasn't the delivery boy. Actually, Goliath was the delivery boy because what was it that Goliath had that David didn't? He had a sword. And you know, when David... Uh, knocked him down, he he went over and he took that sword of Goliath, and he used it, and he chopped off, he killed him, and then he chopped off his head. Why did he chop off his head? Well, I don't know, it probably felt good, (laughs) but um, also he wanted a trophy, he took that head, I think, and they did something with it. Um, But there's a statement that I've heard, and I like it, it said, the sword that came to kill you is going to be the one that God uses to deliver you. And it is in this case, you know, the sword that came against David was the one he actually used to kill his Goliath. And you know, That's our story. That's gonna be our testimony. Whatever battle you're facing right now, Goliath has got your sword, but you're gonna get it. God's gonna give it to you. There's something that we find in the middle of the battle that we need for our lives in the future that we're gonna get. We don't leave empty-handed. We come out with something greater. Maybe it's even just the fact that down the line, we're gonna be talking to other people and saying, man, I've been where you've been. I know where you're at. You're gonna make it. You're gonna get through. We come out stronger. We know God Better. We come out more fired up. Goliath might have our sword right now, but we are in the middle of going to get that sword. And I love that David did that. And that's not even the end of the story because a couple of chapters later, Saul starts to go crazy. It must be a thing. And um, he, uh, David finds himself on the run from Saul. He had to leave the palace really quickly and he went to uh, the temple in Nob uh, where Ahimelech, I think that's how he say his name, Ahimelech was the priest. And that, that sword of Goliath, that's where it had gone. And so he goes to the temple and he says to Ahimelech, hey, I I had to leave in a hurry, I've got no weapons, have you got anything? And Ahimelech is like, no, no, we don't have any weapons. Oh, well, wait on, there is is one thing. I mean, there is Goliath's sword. Well, it used to be a sword, till you killed him. If you want it, it's yours. And David said, there's none like it, give it to me. And he took that sword and he used it for his battles. So that very sword that he took from Goliath way back then, he needed later on, and he used in future battles. And he went on to be the king that we know he is, and the, and the great hero, and how God used him in so many ways. The God we serve, that's the God we serve. You know, the Goliath we are up against, it doesn't matter whether uh, it's something that we didn't ask for, it's something that's out of our control, or maybe we find ourselves in a mess, and, and we did get ourselves in that situation, but it doesn't really matter. God will use all of it. He turns all of it for good. He really does, he really does take what the enemy meant for evil and turns it for good. And um, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to us this morning, let my voice be the louder voice in your life. Let my voice be the voice that you listen to, that you follow, that you get hope from, that you get encouragement from. Don't let the voices of the world and the voices around you dominate. Let my voice dominate. Well, it's easy to say that, right? And it's great to hear that story, but what does that really do in our lives today? Well, I just wanna leave you with four quick points that we can take home, hopefully, and just begin to apply in our lives because we do have an enemy and we can't just sit still. We can't just be apathetic and drift. If we, it takes nothing to drift. And if we um, just drift in life, then we let whatever voices come into our lives carry us this way and carry us that way. We actually have to be intentional and say no, I'm not just gonna let any old thing be able to speak into my life and take me a certain direction. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna get the right voices into my life. So the first thing is know what voices you're listening to. Pay attention to the voices that are coming into your world. Who are you listening to? And what are those voices saying? What music are you listening to? What, uh, what are you looking at on, on social media, on Instagram? What are the internal voices speaking into your life? What's, what's dominating your thoughts? Is it positive? Is it God is for me, God is with me, God loves me, I'm chosen, I'm accepted? Or is it negative? Is it full of doubt? Is it full of discouragement? Is it full of despair, whatever it might be? We need to recognize the voices within. And I mean, I'm not asking you to write them down. I did not even know where I would start with that as well, but just take a bit of time. Ask yourself, who are the main voices in my life? internally and externally you know there was an article from uh, someone i'm not sure who it was but he said that we are the sum of the five people closest to us in other words the five people that we spend the most time with shape who we are that may not be entirely true but there is a lot of truth to it we do become like who we're close to so who are those five people in your life and what what kind of shapings going on because of that. We can't always control who we spend all our time with, but you know it's it's just good. It's good to pay attention to it. And then the second point is be intentional about who is speaking into your life? So know what voices you've got going on, but then be intentional about setting up some really good voices in your life. I mean, you're all here this morning and you're all regular in church. So that's a great voice coming in every single week. I'm sure that you're in the word and you're in prayer and you're worshiping. Those are awesome voices uh, to set up. But you know, you also want to set up a couple of good friends in your life that you know are gonna speak the right kind of messages into you. Th- you know, I like when Joel Holm came a couple weeks ago, he spoke to to the young adults and he said to us, you know, when everything falls apart in your life, you need to set up now two people that are gonna stand with you, that are gonna support you, that are gonna speak the right message into you and that you're gonna listen to. And I really believe that. In fact, that's my testimony. I would not be here today if it wasn't for the people that have spoken into my life, that have encouraged me, that have pulled me along, that have uh, pulled me up at times and got me back on track and spoke words of life and words of destiny and words of faith. I would not be here without those voices. And there are people in your life that God has strategically placed to be that voice for you. Maybe it's your small group or maybe that's what you need. Get into that small group and let those voices dominate. I don't know who it is, but I do know that God, He never leaves us alone. He always provides people that are gonna uh, speak what we need to hear, people that will stand with us no matter what, and we need to find those people now, not in the middle of a crisis, but set them up now so that when things hit, when you're confused, when you're like, what is going on, I really need some wisdom, you've got people that are gonna say the right things, that are gonna speak the Word of God, and that are gonna get you through. So be intentional on who you're listening to. Proverbs twelve verse fifteen says, "The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise, a wise man is he who listens to counsel." Proverbs nineteen twenty to twenty one: Listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise in the rest of your days. Many are plans of the man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Number three is probably the most important: is study God's voice, study the Word of God. Um, the Word of God is is our voice. You know. In the Bible times, people crowded around Jesus who was the living word. In our time, we crowd together around the written word. It's what we're doing today. But the word is no less powerful. If we come with the same faith and the same expectation, we're gonna see the same results. This is the Word of God. We gotta study it, we gotta know it, we gotta get it into our life and get it into our hearts, you know, whether it's uh, reading the Bible, whether it's spending time in prayer, whether it's listening to sermons coming on a Sunday, maybe it's music, maybe it's podcasts. There's so many different sources. Um, If you're anything like me, honestly, when I get down and when I feel a little bit desperate, which is, you know, fairly regularly, um, I'll chuck on my favorite worship song and I will sing that song like over and over again. I will pull out my favorite Bible verses. I have all these sermons saved in my phone and I listen to them, especially those short clips that tell me I'm gonna make it and that I'm gonna get through and that God is with me. I used to hate those cliches that you read of like, um, oh, I can't remember them, I wrote some down. Let's see if I can find them. Um, oh. no, nope, they're gone. No, no, I found them. I found them. Here they are. Uh, You know, like there's grace for your race or today's troubles will be tomorrow's testimonies. And when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. I used to think, oh, whatever. And now I'm like, oh, Jesus, please give me one of those cliches. I need to hear it today. And I read them and I'm like, thank you, Lord. I'm going to make it. You are up to something. (laughs) But we need those things in our lives. We need to have the Word of God and get it in however works for you. Read it, listen to it, get it from other people, get it from music, get it from Instagram, some things are great on Instagram, that can be one of them, follow the right people, and get the voice of God in your life. All right, lastly, if the band could come, that'd be great. Um, The voices, voices determine your destiny, so you have to determine the voices that you allow entry into in your life. No one can do it for you, only you. I really believe voices have a massive impact on your destiny. Who you listen to, who you believe, what you're allowing in, what's going on in your head will take you a certain direction. But you can determine. What voices are allowed access? You don't have to give every voice access. You can say, no, 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 that voice is not gonna speak to me today. You can come against the enemy and say, no, 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 your voice has been loud long enough. I'm gonna silence it. You're on silence. Turn that notification on silent. Um, We can silence the voice of the enemy. We can silence those voices of negativity. We can choose not to watch the news if that pulls us down. We can choose not to feed ourselves with fear. If there's certain people in your life that always pull you down, you can choose just to, you know, how much time you spend time with them. We can choose because it does determine the direction that we're gonna go. And um, God will always give you the right voices. He'll always give you the right voices to speak into your life. Even if you uh, don't wanna hear them, even if you kind of turn aside and chucked in the towel, whatever you might've done, our God will still chase you down. He will hunt you down and pull you back and get you on the right path once again. But He's so good like that. When we're useless, when I'm useless, He's still faithful. You no, know, God is, is always speaking. He's always encouraging. He's always loving. He's always forgiving. He's always redeeming. That's the God that we serve. And that's the voice that we want to hear. Imagine if we have that voice in our head all the time. In fact, I feel like that's what David did. You know, David was a worshipper. He was out looking after those sheep. He was writing worship songs. He was playing on his harp. And I reckon he just filled his head with so much of God that when he saw Goliath, he was like, ah! Goliath? Whatever. I know the God I serve. I've got a song in my head right now and He is coming down. You know, the voice that dominated David was a voice of God. And because of that, he took down Goliath. Because of that, he went on to be a great king. Because of that, when the stuff with Bathsheba happened, he got back up and he got back on track. And he was a man after God's own heart. We can cultivate that same voice inside of us. It's not really that hard. It really isn't. We just have to worship. We just have to pray. We just have to read the Word. We just have to find those people that are gonna be that influence that we need, that are gonna spur us on, that are gonna make us uh, better and stronger and more in love with Jesus. So I want us to let God speak this morning. What voice do you need God to speak into your life? Do you need the voice of hope? Do you need the voice of encouragement? Do you need the voice of forgiveness? Do you need the voice of peace? What voice do you need Him to speak into today? He's gonna give you that voice. We have a voice, He's given us a voice as well. And we gotta use it against the enemy. The enemy will always try and come in like a flood, try and pull us down. We gotta combat that. What did Jesus do? When Satan came against Him with temptation, Jesus said, no, it is written. It is written. And we can do the same. We can tell that devil, no, it's written. You don't have me. I'm on the winning side. God's already died. He's already beaten. You're already defeated. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We know whose we are. Then we know who we are, right? Why don't you stand with me?